0: This is episode 136 of IDRA Class Notes.
1: I really felt that it was a privilege to be able to read these essays. The young people were sometimes, for the first time in their lives, struggling to say something about their life, their significance, their worth. But they were reflecting back on an experience that had been life changing for so many of them. And there were two big things that struck me. One was the amazing contrast of vulnerability and resilience. Vulnerability.
0: Real vulnerability. Welcome to IDRA's Class Notes podcast series and part one of a two-part conversation called The Art of Writing. I'm Lori Posner. The Art of Writing panel was convened in San Antonio on February 13th as part of IDRA's Coca-Cola Valued Youth Program annual institute and anniversary celebration. The IDRA Coca-Cola Valued Youth Program is an internationally acclaimed dropout prevention model and in addition to rigorous evaluation and data collection, each year IDRA conducts a national essay contest in which students share their direct experiences about being a valued youth tutor. Through the Art of Writing, IDRA partnered with three distinguished writers, Ms. Rosemary Katakalos, the Poet Laureate of the State of Texas, Dr. Carmen Tafoya, Poet Laureate of the City of San Antonio, and Mr. Gilbert Quesada, author, historian, and former administrator of the Coca-Cola Bay Youth Program at South San Antonio ISD. Our writers reviewed essays from across two decades of program implementation, and selected a set of excerpts that illustrate how the transformative power of valuing youth can be captured through the power and art of writing. So we begin this podcast by hearing from Gilbert Quesada, who shares his impressions of the student essays. Next, Carmen Tafoya reflects on the essays and how they describe an experience that is transformative for students.
2: Thank you, Laurie. By way of introduction, and before I get into the art of writing, I think we need to define what is writing, and then slowly as we continue in this panel discussion get into the art of writing. I think by way of definition, writing to all of us is a verbal expression of one's life, as it is lived by human beings. It is life in so many words. Another definition of writing is that it's an expression of one's thoughts and feelings. How do we feel about what's happening to us, what's happening around us, and how can we express that in writing? I'm sure all of you have heard of the Polish-born, well-known British novelist by the name of Joseph Conrad. Joseph Conrad said at one time that the purpose of a writer is to make the reader See To make the reader feel And to make the reader hear But of all these three items Joseph Conrad said It is the purpose of a writer To make the reader see And I think that In those simple terms It has great for For all of us And also for the students That we were privileged Carmen and I To and Laurie also to review the students' essays that they had written. Because what I have explained to you about the definition of writing fits perfectly with what the students, I'm talking about middle school students and how we sometimes tend to underestimate the potential that they have. Laurie gave us about a book about two inches thick of student essays from all over the country all over Texas. Students in high school, middle school, they were asked to write their own feelings and expressions about how they felt about being a tutor. And I read that book, the two inches book twice because I found it fascinating. And I could pick many, many examples of the students' writings to share with you today. But there was one in particular that jumped out at me when I read it, I said, wow, who is this student? It happened that I don't know the gender of the student, and we were not told the name of the student or the gender, but just where the student came from and what school the student attended. This student was in 2009. He was a middle school student at N. Richards Middle School in La Jolla, ISD. Uh, those of you that are not familiar with Texas... La Jolla ISD is located deep in South Texas on Highway 83 between Sullivan City and Mission, Texas. So I probably went by there many times and never if you blinked an eye. You probably missed it because down in, the, in that part of the valley, all the little towns are so close together that you know if you're in Sullivan City or you passed Mission or where you're at. But anyway, this student really amazed me. I was like, Wow. And I want to read to you the excerpt that I found was very vivid and very striking. And here it goes. This is what a student is writing. I remember seeing my two teeth flashing white smiles as I entered the classroom. My heart was pounding loudly against my chest, and my sweaty hands reached towards a rusty doorknob. I turned the doorknob and entered the classroom. The young and happy students all flashed huge, white smiles. Those adorable smiles made my stomach flutter. I walked towards my assigned two tutees. They ran up and hugged me with their little soft hands. I mean, wow, I said. It took me 40-some years to get to my level of writing, and here's a middle school student having that creative power of observation and isn't this what writing is all about, to express one's thoughts and feelings, exactly what the student has done thank you
0: thank you, and Dr. Tafoya, would you like to share your impressions
1: I really felt that it was a privilege to be able to read these essays, that the young people were sometimes for the first time in their lives struggling to say something about their life, their significance, their worth. You know, when you're 13, 14, 15, 16 years old, you don't often get a chance to reflect back on your life. People don't think you even had enough life to reflect back on. But they were reflecting back on an experience that had been life-changing for so many of them. And there were two big things that struck me as I read these letters. One was the amazing contrast and combination of vulnerability and resilience. Vulnerability, real vulnerability. You don't get much more vulnerable than being 14 years old and in this country without documentation. Or 14 years old and your family's just had their lights turned out. Or 14 years old and your family's struggling to make ends meet because your dad doesn't contribute at all because he uses his money and sometimes yours, on drugs and drink. And he only comes home, really, when he doesn't have any more money to go drinking or drugging. So there were some things that really stood out for all of us about the vulnerability. Comments like from a young woman called Melina. Well, that's not her actual name. It's one who's going to be reading it to you tonight. She says, I am 14 years old, and I live in a community called Pueblo de Palmas. My father works... But doesn't have a stable job because he does not have legal documentation to work. That makes it very difficult for my family to have all the things that we need in the house. The school that I attend has a program called the Coca-Cola Valued Youth Program. This is a program where members go to an elementary and tutor younger children. The best part of it is the kids. And then later she says, before I got in VYP, we needed more money for food and utilities. Now, We're able to buy necessities for our house. And there were comments from young people who saw themselves about to go out of school and against the establishment into the easy route and who changed because of the program. But I wanted to comment on that word vulnerability because a lot of us, the minute we hear vulnerability, we kind of cringe. You know, nobody wants to be too vulnerable. You know, you're going to leave an opening and somebody's going to hit you through that opening, you know. I want to add something to your consideration of that word vulnerability. Recently, research and writing on the newest and most effective forms of leadership, uh, especially one particular book called Iron Butterflies, looking at leadership developed by non-mainstream women, lists vulnerability first as one of the prime qualities of a good leader. Somebody who leaves himself open to feel open to emotion, open to weakness, open to confessing and admitting and having yourself right on the surface because that vulnerability also leads to honesty and deep connection with others. And that same openness to emotion allows you to be open to hope, faith, change, the possibility of something different happening. So, that word vulnerability is a positive, it's not a negative. And at the same time, they're vulnerable, they're resilient. They're willing to let it fall off of them and try it in a new way before we get set in our ways when we get a little older in life. You know. So these children were amazing. The second thing that struck me in so many of the letters was the impact of mirroring. Mirroring. Seeing yourself in the mirror. For many, many years, I've talked about how our literature in the United States has failed children who are not white, middle class, or upper class, and in a dominant family pattern and cultural stream. Because kids who don't fit that model, and that's the majority of kids in the US today, don't fit the traditional model, don't see themselves in the literature. They don't see themselves reflected. And the bad thing about it is that while a lot of traditional children's writers would tell you, hey, you know, this book is going to open the window to the world for these kids. They can look out and they can see what it's like to live someplace else. I said, we need a window, but this little house of this book needs a mirror, the kids need to be able to see something and recognize themselves in it and feel affirmation of who they are. They need to be able to say, that's me. You mean somebody else feels this way? I'm not the only crazy fool. You know, they're hiding these emotions and they're they're scared and they're, they don't want to tell anybody what they're feeling and then they find a character in a book that reflects this back to them. So mirroring is very important. Otherwise, we end up with a whole bunch of kids, most of them black Brown, poor, or from a non standard structure or situation who are standing in front of a mirror, jumping up and down, screaming, painting their hair purple, punching earrings through their forehead, whatever they can do to get people to see them, and nobody sees them. They're jumping up and down in front of the mirror of their society, and they don't exist. Society doesn't see them, they're invisible. They need to be seen. So a strange thing happened with these young tutors. They go out in schools and they see these little kids and they say, this little boy sees himself as a nobody, a failure, even a mistake. And when they see him feeling that, all of a sudden it's like they're struck by the mirror of seeing themselves when they were that age or even now. They get a mirroring, a reflection of their own reality. And they begin to change. Oh my God, I told him to go to school and he didn't go. I told him not to be scared of taking that test. It's going to be okay. I told him it's not going to be terrible when you go to such and such program. The fourth grade isn't that terrible. You know, I've been through it. It's not that bad. I told him and he didn't listen to me. Now I know what my parents are going through when they tell me things and I don't listen. Well, I'm gonna make sure that little kid sees himself as a somebody. I wanna make sure he sees himself as a winner. You know, the mirroring worked to help them see that they too were being counseled and helped by their parents. It brought them closer to their relationships with their parents. What better can you ask for a teenager than to understand your parents aren't out to get you? You know, but they got that because they were put in a position of responsibility. Those were the two things that struck me the most looking at the writings.
0: Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.